Welcome to the Pelvic Health Podcast. I'm your host, Lori Forner, a physiotherapist working in pelvic health, as well as a new student researcher on the fun, long road to a PhD, where we will be looking at pelvic floor problems and exercise. I'm here to bring you information from leading professionals on all aspects surrounding pelvic health for any gender and any age, from the vast range of pelvic floor problems to exercise and sport. Remember our disclaimer, materials and content in this podcast are intended as general information only and should not be substituted for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey everybody, it's Lori. Welcome back to the Pelvic Health Podcast. It is 2019. I finally have a few minutes to record an introduction, which I just have not had time to do. I recorded this amazing episode in December and it it has been a little bit crazy over our summer school holidays. So finally, I have a few minutes of quiet where I can record. So I hope everyone has had good holidays. Again, thank you to those who support the podcast through donating through Podbean. If you want to support the podcast and have access to some patron-only episodes, you can go to Podbean. So just search it up or go to podbean.com you can find the pelvic health podcast you can become a patron it is anywhere from one to two dollars a month or you can donate more um, and that just helps cover the costs of the podcast Uh, people who aren't donating or supporting that way I still really appreciate everybody listening please subscribe please rate the podcast and I hope that you are enjoying all of the episodes now today we're talking about domestic violence and I know um it doesn't necessarily have specific connection to pelvic health, but as a clinician, we may see patients who um, are coming in for pelvic pain that is related to family and domestic violence, or what I really wanted people to keep in mind as clinicians or health professionals, we may be seeing people that has nothing to do with family and domestic violence, but they're going through that and we have no idea. So here in Australia, there is a lot more openness and discussion about family and domestic violence. And that is exactly why I wanted to do this podcast today. So just some stats from the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare from 2016 to 17, 72,000 women 34,000 children and 9,000 men sought homelessness homelessness services due to family and domestic violence. Um, So I think it's a lot more prevalent um, than people are um, aware of. Now, if anybody is listening to this and they feel it's a trigger, then you can um, turn it off, but please make sure that you talk to someone or get some help. Uh, if even, even if it's not a trigger, but you are going through this, there are places that you can call and talk to. In Australia, we have White Ribbon Australia. The website is whiteribbonaustralia.org.au and the number is 1-800-737-732. In the US, it's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Their website is thehotline.org and their number is one 800 799-7233. In Canada, you can go to endingviolencecanada.org and find um, help through based on which province that you're in. You can even wiki it to find um, different call centers. The great thing about the three that I've just mentioned is they, when you click on their page, they 
can tell you straight away how to shut that page down really fast and get it out of your history if you need to do that. Um, so today we are talking to Dasha Androvchik. Now I'll give you a little bit about uh, a bio of her, um, but I'm just so thankful that she is so open about sharing her story. So Dasha grew up in the shadow of domestic violence. She was able to break free of the tragic cycle and forge her own path. Today, Dasha is a renowned personality in the fitness industry with more than 10 years experience as a trainer, coach, and athlete on the world stage. She believes her experiences and how they influenced her life and how she ultimately overcame them have given her the strength to share her story. Her mission is to help people in similar situations find their voice and start taking ownership of their lives with the aim of ending the cycle of domestic violence forever. Dasha is the founder of Beauty and Strength, which is an online program that provides fitness, nutrition, and motivational support to clients around the world, which a, a portion of all proceeds is donated to the Alison Baden Clay Foundation, where she is also an ambassador. In her spare time, she travels around Australia as a speaker and consultant to increase awareness of domestic violence and offer support to all those who have been affected. Again, a big reason why... Um, I really wanted her to speak is she talks about how um, health and exercise and support groups have helped her kind of overcome that. Now she also says her mission is to end the cycle of domestic violence in Australia. To achieve this she will continue to share lessons from her own background to empower others to take ownership of their lives regardless of what may have happened in the past. With the right plan and support network in place, people are free to embrace the journey and live a life full of passion, happiness, and love. So I will leave it there. I hope everybody um, enjoys this episode. And again, if you need to talk to somebody, please contact someone. One of the big things that I wanted to talk about was mm -hmm. your history with domestic violence and how you've been using that in order to help women. So if you can, um, you know, give us a little bit of a, a background as to what's, you know, how you've gotten to where you are today. Yeah, for sure. Um, see, I'm pretty open about my story and I'm, I'm feeling, you know, the more open I um, am about it, the more um, I'm finding it, you know, around me, not, you know, domestic violence itself, but the opportunity and doors that opens up from sharing your story. So, like, originally I grew up in Dubbo, New South Wales, um, and my childhood was family domestic violence, so I witnessed quite a, um, quite a fair bit of abuse from a young age. And but I always did sport as well, so... I used running as a bit of an outlet to deal with what was going on at home. And not that I was conscious of this as a child, but there was obviously something telling me to keep running, to keep doing sport because it did make me feel better and I was obviously dealing with stuff at home, but I didn't piece that together until I was actually older. So there was definitely the internal drive around fitness and sport from a young mm. age. Um, and then at the age of 16, while I was still in school, I studied as a personal trainer and still from that young age, my vision, I know I'm such a visual person. So I envisioned like my future and obviously because of what was going on at home, I just felt so deeply 
that I wanted a better life for myself, wanted a better future for myself. I didn't know how it was going to happen, what or who was going to be involved. There was something triggering me inside where surely my future is going to be better than what I've gone through as a child. Um, so studied personal training, still in Dubbo. I was in year 11 when I was doing all this. And then as soon as I was qualified, I had made a choice to move to Port Macquarie. Had a few things going. I was working in bars. That took me down the party side for a while. Just turned 18, working in bars, hanging out with people that are older with you. Um, drinking turned to drugs, turned to benders, turning to, you know, for me it was such escape of reality, hmm. escaping my life. And, and I go back to not even knowing like consciously what was actually going on. I made these choices because what it made me feel good to I could escape. Um, I could numb my body, numb my pain, numb the emotional pain but not even recognising that's what I was doing in the moment. Hmm. Which I think a lot of people still do, and even into motherhood, <laughs> and they numb, and they don't know they're numbing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you you don't actually know because yeah. we're all like you're chasing this feeling. Yeah. I was chasing this feeling. I was chasing this feel good. I just wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel good inside my body and like my life and it like I still trained throughout all this so it, you know you look back and it's like it doesn't even make sense hmm. like to drink to take these drugs on the weekend to party all weekend and you're still training like that does not align with this healthy lifestyle like, surely this is just the time that you go through this in your life and then you get your shit together um so when I was assessing that that's when I really start to look a little bit deeper and go okay why are you actually doing this and everything just come clear to me then I'm just like I'm doing this to escape my past I have so many like so even know, though you physically escaped it yeah even though physically which for me was more um sculpting my body and building a physique that showed my father or family that I'm worthy, that I am strong, that I can physically handle everything on my own because now that I've moved out of home, now that I've put my life together, now that I'm misindependent, which mm. I, like, lived by that for years, like, no one tells me I'm misindependent, I make my own rules, I make my own decisions, the physical side kind of fed my story mm. that I was telling myself without having to go deep into the insecurities that was actually going on. So the party drugs and on the weekend made me feel alive and escape all that. But when you actually come back down to the real world, you're in your head a lot worse than what you were before you even started doing that. Yeah. So it all just came to the forefront and, you know, you know, don't get me wrong, mind you, like the training side, I just, I, a vision of mine from a young age was just, I just want to get my body as fit as I could and as strong as I could. And that was the mission. That's a vision. So that's what I always did. I just got sidetracked along the way because environment, your work, you think it's cool, you escape, you have a feel good. So you're like, oh, I want to get that again. Like, so you keep chasing it. You take more, you take more. And it's like, you know, you can end up down a pretty bad path with that stuff. Um, but obviously getting to a point where you realise your health is so much more important 
And when I started working the gym a lot more, I questioned myself going, if I'm here to be a leader, I'm here to be a trainer, I'm here to make my life better, I'm actually not living who I truly am. And eventually that starts to dwell on you. That starts to show, word starts to get out. Um, and not many people have, I guess, that layer of awareness. But for me personally, I keep coming back. I moved out of Dubbo to change my life for the better. But I'm still choosing to be my past through my actions. How does that trickle into my future to mm. actually break the cycle of domestic violence? And mind you, you know, this is all, I'm trying to figure this out when I'm 20, hmm. like early, early 20s, like this is all just starting to come to my awareness. And it's so easy to keep repeating the cycle, like to keep living in fear, to keep living in um, insecurities, to keep damaging your body because that's what, that's all you know. But on the outside, you know, people saw me as, uh, you know, she's so fit, she's got her shit together, you know, like in- inspiring, like that was all good and well. But on the inside, it's like she, you need to really like get your life together. Um, but the fitness is what really saved me, I guess, because I was at that fork in the road where you go, okay, early 20s, I can keep doing this, this is fun. Hmm. Or actually get your life together and make something of your life. You're on this big mission, live up to it. And I did have great people around me who would, you know, keep poking me and be like, hey, have you read this? Hey, what about this? Hey, how come you're doing that? So I was very fortunate enough to have people like that. Um, And then I come across CrossFit and I just, it's like that was the training that I was searching for that I was able to push my body physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And as soon as I started doing that, I kind of pushed all that party scene to the side, focused on my training, gotten like training buddies, and that kind of just took off. And it was it was actually pretty easy for me to make that switch. So when so that was before because you then took CrossFit to a competitive level didn't you yes yeah yeah so I started CrossFit back in 2011 and it had only been around for a couple of years Um, I started CrossFit in Port Macquarie and back then there was no CrossFit gyms at all so we used to train in just a commercial gym and use a group fitness floor and like literally sometimes the pump bars that they use for body pump like because we didn't really have much equipment or didn't really know much about CrossFit and that was that was our start. Um, there was a few competitions around then and I just kind of said to myself, all right, I'm going to start competing, did a competition, did okay for a first time and then I kind of got the bug and was like, okay, saw um, how everyone else was competing, saw there was actual like CrossFit gyms, Re- was really inspired by other females um, obviously, they're committed really hard to their training, they're fit, they're strong. It's like, hey, well, what do I need to do to be a better CrossFitter? So I really focused in on my training, got on a program, started taking it a little bit more seriously. It also gave me a push. 
to push myself mentally and physically, which was the thing that I was chasing for. Because back at this time, I'm still trying to, I'm still going through, you know, my past and my childhood stuff. And the fitter and stronger I got, the more I was able to break free of that because it just made me feel like so confident in myself that I could deal with my past. I could deal with my father. I could deal with my family things because the strength training just gave me so much confidence. And I I was going to say, I was going to say, what is it about exercise that helped you get through the emotional past? like the emotional side of the domestic violence? I honestly think it's to do with the confidence and belief that it instills in you because the fitter and stronger I got, I just felt I was more capable of just dealing with life Hmm. because if you could push yourself that hard in training. And get through it and survive. Exactly. Like there's obviously something in you and mind you, you you don't have to push yourself that hard. Um, If you're doing some form of exercise, I think that's, um, that's amazing. Um, But for me personally, it was me being okay with making these choices, Mm -hmm. me being okay with if my father did come back into my life, how I was going to approach any situation Mm -hmm. or not let him belittle me in any um, way where I felt confident in like, you know what, whatever happens, I can handle this. I can handle anything that's going to come with it because I felt so physically strong. It built my emotional strength along the way and my mental strength. And I found that so empowering for me. And still to this day, I find if I haven't trained you know, it's not as bad now, but if I haven't trained for like a week or and I haven't done any strength training or even through the pregnancy, I feel that confidence does drop. Hmm. So it's it's been such an important thing for me along this journey to break that cycle, to break away to, from the past is the physical, is the training, like the exercise. You know, it just releases endorphins. It helps your mindset and a big thing is food as well. Like they always go hand in hand. Like what you're feeding your body is like it's it's so crucial. So the training is like the icing on the cake. It's what you feed it with. And if you're feeding it with drugs and alcohol continuously, then you can't train. <laughs> Something's going to give at some point. So you're training along with a good nutritious like food is definitely going to make you feel so happy, so confident, so loved within yourself, confident in, like, social situations. I just thought for me it was really key. So at what point did you go, I can help other women going through this? Um, I knew I always wanted to do it, but I didn't know when. I enjoy like chatting with women and figuring out why they want to train. And I had always, I know for me that it, it came like quite naturally. Like my PT sessions would always turn into talking about their life. Hmm. And they felt it was like I was just an open book where I don't know, I was, I've got something printed on me that says, tell me about your life. <laughs> I can help you. And don't get me wrong, like I love that. So, yeah, our training sessions would 
particularly turning to where they're at, what they're going through, any adversity they faced, and I would enjoy it and just kind of say things here and there and they would get back to me and just going, just thanking me or just saying, hey, you really helped me out with this or whatever it may be. But I also believe in being vulnerable. You know, that's something that I still work on today because, you know, it is challenging to be vulnerable, especially in any adversity that you face because, you know, you're really living up to showing, you know, <laughs> being showing all your fears and all your insecurities. And I would just read the situation to whoever I was speaking to and go, okay, is this the time and place for me to say what I have been through? I understand their struggle. So I would just read read the environment, read the situation, read the other person and go, okay, if I can be vulnerable and show up to this person and be like, hey, this is what I've been through, I can totally relate to where you're at, that gives them more confidence to open up to me. Hmm. Where it really stood out to me was when my father passed away. So my dad passed away in um, 2015 and I had pretty much lived in fear my whole life up. So three years ago, I was 25. And I always said, you know, I know that I will share my story publicly. I just don't know when because I felt if I was going to go public about it, he couldn't be here. Hmm. (laughs) And I mean, like, yeah, he would have had to pass away because there was just that fear of what will happen next, like, how is our safety going to be? Is my mum going to be okay? Is my sister's going to be okay? Um, is he going to then turn up in my life? And, you know, you go through all these fears and I lived in fear. So I knew one day it was going to happen. I didn't know so soon. So when he did pass away, I got a very strong message saying, like, God, universe, whoever we believe in, like your time is now. And I'm like, okay, I really need to speak up about this because I had then connected with women along my journey as well who had experienced DV. And I'm just like, okay, like these women are turning up in my life. Um, This has now happened. You've got to do something about this. When I made that decision, one of my personal training clients, not randomly, but, you know, we always chatted, but he just came to me and said, well, what's, what is your purpose? You're always talking about this, living this purposeful life and, you know, what are your goals and dreams and all this stuff? And I said, well, I really want to work with um, women who have gone through a similar situation with me, to me. He's like, all right, like, why aren't you? I'm like, well, I'm just not sure on how to actually get on that path, like connect with, like, how do I even do that? He connected me with a um, with a police officer, and she's been such an important part in this um, new journey of working with survivors of DV. And um, yeah, she got me involved with a couple of the PCYCs here in Brisbane, and I started um, <clears throat> started going out there once a week to those PCYCs and training them, like you know, exercise, taking through an exercise regime. and then So it was talk. a group of women who were going through yeah. domestic violence? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like going through it or had just left, um, yeah, had gone through some form of abuse. And, yeah, so all this just aligned up. As soon as I made that this conscious choice wow. of going, okay, this is my time, then that's when it all 
that's when it all came to me. So I was working at PCYCs. So that program is still running at the moment. So it's called um, the Ruby program. So Ruby stands for Rise Up, Be Yourself. And once a week we would train, we would sit down, we'd talk about our gratitude, we would have a laugh, we'd talk about our experiences. Didn't always have to be about training though. Like we could go for coffee or whatever. Like um, So things kind of kicked off there. That was three years ago. Um, also around that time, I had a childhood dream of um, writing a book and sharing my story. Again, I didn't know when, how that was going to happen, but knew my dad couldn't be around if I were to write a book. I started writing it when he was still alive. And, you know, when you know you're just being like half in and you're just messing around and getting you know, feelings out. Yeah. I just felt I wasn't like, pouring my heart and soul into it because in the back of my mind it was like shit he reads this I'm like gone and then two months later into me writing the book he passed away Wow! so this is where that big sign came to me I'm just Mm. like oh shit like be careful what you wish for so I really felt like I had no other choice but to actually start sharing my story because of what happened and going through that process. Um, and then along along that way, so three years later, the, like for the last three years I have been working with um, survivors of domestic violence through health and fitness, through mentoring um, and coaching. I've been able to speak at events um, in front of other survivors in front of um yeah magistrates lawyers um, other police officers and just sharing my story about dv and the impact really that i want to make um and i've just i feel so blessed to be able to do what i do and for me it's it's about educating around it too because it's I feel the last few years DV has been something that has really hit like the media a bit more. Mm, yep. It is a bit more out there. Women are talking about their stories a little bit more like, you know, we've got Facebook the way that it is now, like stories are really getting out there and a lot of more people are catching on to it. There's a lot more. I just feel there's more like support around it. Um, and I feel now's the time to really grasp it and be part of the change because a big thing for me is no matter where you come from or what you've been through, you can change your life. And I believe and hope that sharing my story does empower women and instill that belief in them to feel like they have an amazing, beautiful life to live because we do, everyone does, and not just through domestic violence, through any adversity Mm. because these tools, you know, the learnings and the teachings that we go through can really apply to any area in your life. But we've got to believe that first. Yeah. We've really got to believe it. So are you done your book? Yes, I am. Oh, I wow. Am. So when is that coming out? 
Well, funnily enough, it's just started the publishing process like last week. Wow. I know. So it's been a crazy 12 months. Well, crazy three years ever since I started it. So when I started it, yeah, which was back 2015, I had a bit of a break 2016 because we went to the CrossFit Games. Hmm. um, Competing. Yeah, competing. Again. Yeah, so I know if if we go back to CrossFit. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) There's been years of competition. So I'm very fortunate to compete twice as an individual at the CrossFit Regionals. Yeah. And twice. Oh, you went to the games team. for team, didn't you? Yes. The team, yeah. yeah. So 2016, we went wow. team with CrossFit Torian. Um, yeah. So yeah, I focus obviously a lot of my, I guess the last eight years on CrossFit. Yeah. And it has really paid off by, you know, getting to the CrossFit games, which is obviously the pinnacle of the sport and huge accomplishment through dedicating so much time and, you know, moving to finding new coaches and an atmosphere that you really enjoy. Mm. So, yeah, like that's been a huge journey (laughs) itself, like just alone. Um, And, yeah, that was 2016. So I took a bit of a break writing my book because we trained, well, you know, to train, you know, twice a day, weekends. It just dedicated a lot of my time and I couldn't really find a headspace to be in writing a book. And all I really did throughout that time was train and work. Um, and you'd be tired and you'd be recovering and it was just literally repeat that for the competition phase. So I had a bit of a break from that. And then after I kind of come back from L.A. and settled down a little bit, I'm like, okay, pick up the butt. You really need to get into your book. Started writing it again. Um, and then this is when I fell pregnant. I was going to um, say, you have had so many personal journeys. <laughs> I know, so much, so much. So, yeah, if I go, like, back and forth, back and forth, because so much has happened in these last three years. Yeah. Um, fell pregnant. Um, we actually had a miscarriage the first time. Yeah. And then took a bit of a break again because you deal with life and you go through that. Got back onto my book, started writing, and then we fell pregnant. And obviously, huge success with that one. Um, and throughout, yeah, throughout the whole pregnancy journey, I think I, yeah, just really, I just committed to myself, made a commitment to myself that I really wanted to finish the book. So that was yeah. the goal. Because I knew once she was born, I don't think I'm going to have much time getting onto that book. How old is she now? She's 10 months. Okay. Yeah. Takes up a bit of time. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the goal was to have it completed by February. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be out within the next, yeah. let's say, four months. That's amazing. So you can share your story that way, plus all the speaking that you've been doing. Um, mm. And Beauty and Strength, your um, kind of community that you have built is not just for women, um who have survived domestic violence it's for any woman and men isn't there isn't it for everybody yeah for sure well like I never I would never say no like if a male come and approach me and said hey I really love what you do I have gone through something like this Mm. or you know I've gone I've faced struggle and adversity in my life I feel that you can really you know help me through 
anything or whatever, you know, I wouldn't say no to that because, yeah. like, why would you? Um, I think with the word beauty and strength, males would instantly go, yeah, okay, not well, I'm, I'm not, I'm yeah. not beauty. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. though it's a side that they should tap into. Yes. So it's an, it's, can you tell me a little bit about it? It's an online forum community not just yeah. training it's kind of a yes. whole support network yes definitely so um beauty and strength yeah we've been live now for about oh it'd be over two years i think okay. i followed lots of the little facebook videos yes yeah. yep for sure um and had just started out as a 30-day fitness program um and same thing because i was pregnant and drawing away from people drawing away from community drawing away from coaching i'm like i still would love to train my clients and still be in contact and engage with them because connecting with them is the most important thing to me um and disconnecting and not being in contact you lose sight, you lose, you know, you lose clients along the way. And I I've, I feel I've made a really good deep connection with um, all my clients that I came in contact with. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to um, put a program online, see how that goes. Um, also, while I was pregnant, I studied life coaching through Beautiful You Coaching Academy because for me that was my next evolution. You know, I've done the PT thing. I really love that. Um, I always had live chats and, you know, through my I say it's never about, the, it's never just physical. No, no way. Um, so I'm like, okay, I'd really love to um, invest my time and money and energy into learning about coaching because I feel that's what I'll probably do after I have the baby. I wanted to intertwine the mindset and the fitness together because that's really what had helped me in the past, um, building the mindset and building the physical side and then bringing that together and being the ultimately the best possible version of yourself because um, it really is about training the mind. So now where I'm at with Beauty and Strength, our, um, yeah, it offers online mentoring and coaching as well as online programming. The mentoring coaching side, my main thing that I run there is my program called The Shift Experience, and that's a three-month online um, mentoring course. So I came up with The Shift Experience because throughout our life we're always talking about, oh, you know, when I'll do this, but I need to make that shift. Oh, I need to move that, but I need to, I just need to shift that in my life first. It's like, okay, we're all talking about this shift. What is the shift? Yep. And that's how I come up with the shift experience. It's like, okay, let's actually make that shift in your life and get in and do the groundwork and start to build this life that you're actually truly wanting to live and also being true to it. So, yeah, the both are mindset and then the fitness. Um, but, yeah, as you know, super passionate about around the life coaching side of things and my shift experience has been a really awesome path and a group of women that are just owning and taking control of their lives. And mm -hmm. this is women. Some women have experienced um, DV. Yeah. Um, and some women are just purely in a space where they're just looking to really change their life around like mm. you know we all have a story we tell ourselves we all make validations we all justify why 
we're being a victim, we justify why we're feeling this way, but how long are you going to keep playing that for? I'm here to, like, pull that away and get to, like, the core essence of who you are, who you truly are, and then we'll build on there. Which is funny. The whole time you're explaining that, I'm like, oh, parenting. That's like parenting. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Holy moly. Yeah, that doesn't stop, does it? Um, and so you also with your businesses, I've seen something that there's portions donated to the Alison Bade and Clay Foundation. Is that right? How does that come in? Yeah, so um, the Alison Bade and Clay Foundation, which I'm an ambassador for, a few years ago, I um, did a bit of work with Made for Media, yeah. or they helped me out a bit. They actually helped me get beauty and strength up uh, up and running. So one of the ladies um, or one of the, the owner of Made for Media is on the board committee for um, the Alison Bader Clay Foundation. So she obviously knows my story and she approached me saying, would I like to be an ambassador for the Alison Bader Clay Foundation? And, you know, of course I said yes. And it was, again, funny how all that stuff aligns because at that time I was looking into Um, starting a foundation for um, domestic violence and a bit of feedback that I got was like it's pretty hard work Mm. (laughs) to start a foundation Um, there's a lot of steps there's it's a massive process and not that I wasn't prepared to do something like that I just thought okay well you know you've got two things offering you here you've asked to be an ambassador for one or do you just keep going down you know, doing the hard work and, you know, trying to build your own foundation and you don't even know if it's going to be approved or whatever is like, you know, you might come yeah. up against something. So, of course, I took the one that was already, um, yeah, already going. And, yeah, so with my beauty and strength, so I've got um, an apparel shirt which has beauty and strength on it, the courses and, like, my fitness I donate um, just a percentage to the Alison Baden Clay Foundation from every program or every shirt that I sell. Um, to me, I feel like it's contributing to a bigger, um, you know, difference in the world. You know, the Alison Baden Clay Foundation are doing amazing things. They're building programs to put into schools, to services. You know, they're really, you know, they've really built their name up over the years as well um, with Alison's story which I think you know is so touching um, what she had gone through and now she's got massive support around and they're doing great things so if I can contribute to that to help you know support a bigger cause then that's you know it's it's pretty easy for me to do. Yeah well thank you so much for sharing your story and again I, I love watching everything that you're doing through social media and I'm I'm looking forward to the book now too. <laughs> we yeah. just have to wait a little while, but no, I, I really do love this support that you're providing for women. And um, like we kind of had already alluded to a little earlier, you have so many things going on. So at some point, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we'll have to talk a little bit more about the programs that are involved in beauty and strength. Cause I saw the really cute videos with you and your baby and just some really brilliant exercises that I find being a physio doing 
stuff with women and pelvic floor and you know a lot of the complaint is women not having time and so just your program alone for women and mothers at some point we'll have to cover that too (laughs) yes for sure definitely it's definitely saved me from you know saying I can't make it to the gym I was like have you got 10 minutes yes I do yeah oh thank you so much (laughs) yeah no thank you for your time and really really appreciate it thank you so much love